There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. We want to thank you for tuning into the podcast. We certainly welcome each of our listeners listening today. We are in Akron, New York, the Fellowship Baptist Church, and in meeting this week, we'll have meetings until Friday night, each night, and we certainly thank the Lord for the opportunity to preach. Thank the Lord for the Word of God. Looking forward to what the Lord is going to do in the rest of these services. On Sunday, we'll be at the Shippensburg Independent Baptist Church in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. We'll be at 10, 11, and 6 o'clock on Sunday, 7 o'clock each night through the week through Friday. And so just make the meetings known, announce them. We certainly thank the Lord for the Word of God. Thank the Lord for the preaching of the Word of God. Matthew chapter 13 is where we're going to be today. We're going to take a couple of episodes here, and we're going to do the parable of the sower. And it's one of those things that's greatly controversial. There's a lot of of things taught about the parable of the sower, a lot of misunderstanding about the parable of the sower. But what we're going to deal with is the reality of what the parable of the sower is saying, who it's written to, and we're going to teach the doctrine of the parable of the sower in Matthew 13. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And so he found a pulpit, he found good acoustics, the water, some of the best acoustics you can find. And he went out into the sea, and he was going to preach to his disciples. He was going to preach to them the very words of God. And he spake many things unto them in parables, and this is one of the great parables Jesus Christ ever told. And if you can understand this parable, and if you can understand the wisdom of this parable, it'll be a help to you the rest of your days. He said, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. This is the parable in which he spake. By the way, that's the fulfillment of the prophecy that he would come in parables would he speak to them. He didn't speak darkly. He spake in parables why they might understand these things. Most in those days would have understood sowing. They would understand the seed. They would understand the types of seed, the works of seed. Isaiah had already spoken of seed. Isaiah understood the seed. Isaiah understood what the seed could do. In Isaiah chapter 28, when he tells about the word of God, in the end of the chapter, he talks about that sowing. He talks about the seed. And he says in verse 23 of Isaiah 28, Give ye ear and hear my voice. Hearken and hear my speech. Doth the plowman plow all day to sow? Well, the answer is yes, he does. He must prepare the soil to plant the seed. Doth he open and break the clods of his ground? Yes, he does. He breaks up the clods. He opens up the ground. And then we're going to see later on, he removes the thistles. He removes the stones. He removes anything that would prohibit the growing of that seed. And that's what the plowman does. That is the job of the plowman. The problem we have today is, We have a generation that's come that has no idea how to plow. They do not know how to make the soil fertile. What they know how to do is try to get a harvest. 
And the harvest that they get is not a good harvest. The harvest they get is not fruit. They call it fruit, but it's not fruit because they do not understand the soil. They don't understand growth. They pick plastic fruit and call it the real thing. And they load the bowls of their tables with plastic fruit. There's nothing real to it. There's nothing authentic about it. But because they harvested it, therefore they tell folks that indeed this is a true harvest. And yet we see that the plowman is plowed. He has prepared that soil. He has gone forth and opened up the face of the ground. He's busted up the clods of the ground. But the sower has now gone forth to sow. He feels his soil is prepared. And when he sowed, Some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. And can I say this? There is no possible way to stop the fowls from coming and taking that seed. There is no way to protect all of your seed. I know blueberry farmers that have blueberry patches, and they put the nets over them. They put fake owls and fake crows and everything else around that. But, you know, there's still little birds that crawl into that net, and they go in there, and they peck away the blueberries. There's no possible way to stop them. As you either have chickens, understand, or no chickens, understand you're not going to stop a chicken. Once his mind is made up, he'll sit there and peck the wire, he'll uh, dig the ground, he'll do what he can. Why? Because he wants to go get that little seed laying upon the ground. That's what the fowl of the air do. There's no way to stop that. That's not the fault of the sower. Now, if he deliberately sows uh, and goes out there and he tries to deliberately sow, knowing the fowl of the air are coming down snatching the seed, he's just foolish. But yet, you can't control all of the seed. And that's one of the things we learn in this parable is you cannot control the seed. The idea here is just get the seed out, get the seed into the ground, and have the best soil you can possibly have. Because he said some fell upon stony places. And some of that is the fault of the sower. Although I know farmers from years ago that uh, before GPS mapping on tractors, they had to know the land. I knew a farmer that would not let anybody else plow because he knew where every rock was. He knew where all the rocks just under the surface were. He knew where the surface rocks were. And these are gigantic rocks. These are rocks you're not going to remove. Now today, farmers do blast them out or excavate them out. They get them out of the soil. But in those days, He was worried about busting his plow blade. And so he only he would plow that land. He knew where the rocks were. There's going to be some seed that's going to fall upon the stony ground. But God forbid a plowman be lazy and leave those rocks. God forbid a plowman be indifferent and leave those rocks. God forbid a plowman look at the storm and say, I'm going to get the seed in before the storm comes and therefore waste the seed and throw it in a stony place. And he goes on and he says, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up. So they did have spring. Well, there's just a little bit of dirt on top of the rock. They had just enough to spring up. That water came and they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Now, the Apostle Paul told us in the book of 1 Corinthians, and he deals with this according to the word of God, And he teaches in the preaching of the word of God, the understanding of the word of God. He speaks of this matter of sowing, but then also of watering. And he said this, who is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. This is 1 Corinthians 3 and 4. And he said, I have planted Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And then he goes on and tells us, so then neither is it he that planteth anything, Neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now, here's the thing I learned from that. Amongst other things, I have very little value in this. 
except as a planter and a waterer. That's what God has called me to do. And as an evangelist, I go into a church where hopefully good seed has been planted. That good seed is going to spring up. That good seed is going to be watered by the evangelist. And then God can give an increase. But the reality is God cannot give an increase on stony ground. Why? Because there's no hope for that seed. You plant, you water, it springs up. It appears to have life for a moment. But then that seed, when the sun comes out, it withers up, it goes away, and there's no life. And when it says in Job 38 and verse 25, he says, Who hath divided the water course for the overflowing of waters or away for the lightning of thunder to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness wherein there is no man? And so the Lord knows where the seed is. That's what he tells you. And he caused it to rain upon the earth where there's no man. He caused it on the wilderness where there is no man. There's no one there to see it. No man knows where that seed is. Yet God knows where that seed has fallen. God knows where that seed is at. And he sends the rain to water. That's why it's God that giveth the increase. We plant, we water, and that's pretty broad. When you water, you're in a broad brush of water. You're taking a hose and spraying the entire congregation, if you will. And we water in a hopes that God will give us an increase He said to satisfy the desolate and waste ground and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring up. So he satisfies the waste ground. That's that ground where there's a seed, but no man knows where it is. But he causes that seed to spring forth. In Deuteronomy 32, 1, he says, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak in here, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. So that is the work of God. The dew is that steady moisture. That dew is what satisfies. That dew keeps things alive. But then God sends those those soft rains, those tender rains. It falls upon that ground. It falls upon that seed. He waters the grass with it that they can grow in a time of drought. That's the goodness of God. That's the watering of God. That's the role of God in this ministry. Therefore, we do not get the harvest. It's God's harvest to get. It's God's harvest to go receive. What is our job? To plant and to water. What do you do before you plant? You plow. The plowman labors. That's why men don't want to plow. They'd rather play golf. Uh, They'd rather chase meetings. They'd rather go around the country. They'd rather go on vacations, they'd rather do anything but actually take the soil and work the soil because it is a labor, and labor is not pleasant. They don't want to work by the sweat of their face. And so they get in the ministry, they go, and they're looking for a harvest, but they're not willing to do the work necessary to get that harvest. They won't touch the ground. They think the ground is fertile. Look at America. Is the ground fertile? Uh, the movement, you go downtown and you see people with multicolored hair and bones in their face and their eyelids are tattooed with fairy dust and, and they're holding hands with a, somebody of the same sex that they are, male with male, woman with woman. Is that ground fertile? The guy that's covered head to toe with tattoos with a rock and roll t-shirt stoned out of his mind, he got twigs in his hair. Is the ground fertile? That person living on the golf course in their highfalutin clothes and they go down to the yacht club and, and they spend their life in riotous living and drunkenness and fornications and woman upon woman. Is that ground fertile? Where is the ground fertile? The ground is fertile where the plowman has plowed all day to open up that ground, to bust up the clods thereof, to make the face of the ground prepared for the seed. And you show me where that ground is naturally. There's no such thing. 
It's a labor. And the folks go administer today and they act like somehow this ground is ready to receive their seed because they've been trained. Somebody taught them. Somebody put big boy pants on them, told them they're ready to go, and they just assume that the whole community is going to love the Word of God because they're the ones preaching it. And the whole community is going to come because they have the Word. And they do nothing with the soil, nothing with the ground. They will not touch the ground. And I'm going to tell you why. Part of the reason to get the soil ready, you've got to get your hands in the poo. That's why they don't like it. You've got to spread some manure on the field. You got to you got to sow where manure has been put in the soil. The soil has rested and been watered, and it's a labor to put the stink on the field. And they don't want to get their hands dirty. Why? It'd mess up their golf shorts. It'd mess up their polo shirt. They don't want to go do the labor that God's called them to because it's a labor, and that labor produces nothing for a long time. You see, a farmer knows that. Problem is, he's wet behind the ears, so-called Bible college geniuses come out of college and they have no idea what that labor is. They've just been told that magically, because they have a formula and they have the repetition and they have Romans, that they're going to go out there and they're going to see a harvest of souls and they're going to fill the barns with the harvest and then they can move on to their next destination and fill the barns there because they have been trained to harvest. But they've never been trained to prepare the soil. And they cannot go into a community of people broken, wounded by sin, destroyed by the life of sin. They cannot go in there and sow the seed because the soil is not prepared. But they look at the surface, they say it all looks good. What a nice field. You realize a beautiful field of grass cannot receive seed? It may look pretty, but it's not ready for seed. Why? There's grass covering it. The only way to plant grass, you got to get in there and dig up the old. you got to turn up the roots. you got to get the bugs out, the grubs out, the rocks out, the thorns out. And prepare the soil. In verse 7 of Matthew 13, when some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But then he said in verse 8, but others fell into good ground. What's that? That's what that ground that's been labored over. They fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. And then as evangelist R.G. Rose, we preached on the podcast later on here this week, the word of God said this. He who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so understand, as Jesus Christ is saying, listen, understand the work of the soil. He talks about the sower. He talks about the seed. The seed is good. The seed is the word of God. The seed is this King James Bible. There's nothing wrong with it. The problem is the soil is ill-prepared to receive that seed. We'll see you again tomorrow, Lord willing, here on the podcast. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, 
And we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home.